So many times I uh, I get introduced and um, thank you for introducing my wife and boys because uh, they they really make me who I am. And uh, um, Mindy, she does so much. Uh, she was a nurse before we came into the Navy, and uh, she she gave that up to be uh, to be a stay at home mom with our with our boys. Uh, but even today, I mean, she she serves the church uh, right here as our on call nurse uh, this morning. And so just uh, an amazing, amazing woman in my life. Charles Wesley uh, penned the words to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That's what we're going to talk about uh, this morning. And he originally entitles the hymn A Song for Christmas Day in his work entitled Hymns and Sacred Poems, which he published in 1739. Wesley penned these words a little bit after his, uh, about a little over a year after his conversion. On Sunday, May 21st, 1738, he was at church service, and he says that the Spirit of God chased, the, chased away the darkness of my unbelief. And listen to those words, you know. The Spirit of God chased away the darkness of my unbelief. I love that expression. Wesley only lived, Charles Wesley only lived to be 81, but during his lifetime, he wrote in between six and 7,000 hymns. Isn't that crazy? Scholars debate really on which hymn Wesley wrote to describe his conversion experience, but some would say that it was, and can it be? And listen to the last verse of that song. It says, No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in Him is mine. Alive in Him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Amen. We can do that, huh? What a sound theological statement of our own salvation and our sanctification. Well, in 1753, a student of the Wesleys named George Whitfield would come along and he would he would see this hymn and he would change uh, some of the lyrics of the hymn to what is familiar to us today. Example of this is really renaming the first line of the hymn to Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Uh, see, Wesley, his original first line was, Hark how all the welkin rings. Man, I'm glad we don't sing that today, huh? <laughs> Welkin is an old English term uh, used for heavens or sky. Whitfield also shortened the song from from ten verses <laughs> to three. <laughs> Thank goodness. And really, he condensed Wesley's words, um, changed just a few words to a marvelously rich theological hymn that we actually sing today. And in 1858. British musician, musician, excuse me, William H. Cummings, he adapted a Felix Mendelssohn tune, and uh, he fit the lyrics with that tune. And today, that is the hymn that we sing in our hymnals. I, I think we have still have hymnals underneath the underneath the chairs there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe exactly. <laughs> well, if you have your Bibles with you uh, today, turn to uh, Luke chapter two. Verse 8 through 14. I'll be reading out of the New Revised Standard Version. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, 
keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. I'm always amazed when I read these words that God would send angels to proclaim good news to a bunch of ordinary, hard-working shepherds in the field. Uh, th- these guys didn't have a social status. Um, if, uh, if they had Facebook accounts and they put something up on Facebook, they probably didn't get very many likes. Um, <laughs> they were just ordinary men. Yet God would choose to tell them the news first. And Wesley references this passage when writing this hymn. And in the hymn it says, Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Warren Wiersbe wrote these words about Luke 2, 8 through 14. He says, The Jewish word shalom, uh, peace, means much more than a truce in the battles of life. It means well-being, health, prosperity, security, soundness, and completeness. And it has to do more with character than circumstances. Life was difficult at the time, just as it is today. Taxes were high. That that sounds about normal, right? Unemployment was high. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's a little bit high still today. Morals were slipping lower. And the military state was in control. Roman law, Greek philosophy, and even Jewish religion could not meet the needs of men's hearts. But then God sent His Son into the midst of all of that. And that's really because I believe God gives peace to us in the very ordinary battles in life. I mean, these shepherds were out tending to their sheep. They were doing the normal watches and and keeping the flock safe and tended to, and yet God interjects peace into their lives that evening by giving them the good news that a long-expected Messiah had been born. Think about the ordinary times of your own life, the daily work that you have to do, the struggles of getting back and forth in this crazy traffic, San Diego. Heaven forbid it rains. Holy cow. I'm from the Midwest. And, uh, man, when it rains around here, forget about it. You're in traffic. The ordinary mundane tasks that take our time. I can have in, in, we have a little spare bedroom that we've turned into a little toy room. And I can have the Legos picked up, fully picked up, looking great. And I can turn my back for about 20 minutes and Legos all over the floor again. And just the ordinary mundane tasks that we have to do, and the countless other things that we face, but God shows us amazing moments, peaceful moments in those ordinary times. 
I mean, it could be an unexpected blessing. It could be a break in the day. It could be a workout or a spiritual moment, and you feel peace that passes understanding come over you. I was deployed in 2017 on a ship that was uh, mentioned, the USS San Diego. And it wasn't my first deployment, and Mindy and I knew it was going to be over the holidays. If Jonathan Maloney is going to go on deployment, I swear the Navy goes, well, that unit is going to definitely miss all the holidays. That's where it's going to be at. First deployment, same way. Deployed in October right before Halloween. Missed everything all the way through to May. And then this deployment, you know, I I deployed in July and missed everything all the way up through uh, to early February. If I go on deployment, I miss the holidays. So, of course, you know, Christmas was one of those holidays, and mail moves very slow to a deployed address. If you're going to send something to a Marine or sailor or or a soldier, um, you know, Coast Guardsman or uh, or an Air Force member, uh, send it about six weeks to two months in advance, and they'll they'll finally get that. So Mindy knew this, and she sent uh, me this big box for Christmas, and she did it in late August. Well, lo and behold... I got that thing in early November, and this, this box was this big, and it was awesome. Opened that thing up down in my office. There's a Christmas tree, a little Christmas tree in there. There's decorations. There's things for my office to decorate in Christmas. I didn't care if it was before Thanksgiving or not. I decorated my office. It was something peaceful in the midst of a very mundane deployment, and I remember in November we were up in the Mediterranean, and I was the only sh- a chaplain on my ship. The Marine chaplain had to go take care of his Marines somewhere. And I was the only chaplain for about 1,000 people on that ship. And I, I, I needed that. I needed that peaceful moment. What are the peaceful moments that can happen for you during this season of life? What are those peaceful moments? Something to think about. God speaks peace into our lives during complete and utter chaos. In the beginning of Luke, the angels speak the words, Peace among those whom God favors. And then, at the end of Luke, when Jesus appears in the upper room, the very chaotic upper room, the first words out of his mouth in Luke twenty four thirty six are, Peace be with you. Jesus could have spoken anything else to those gathered in that upper room, but the first words out of his mouth are, Peace be with you. He was in the midst of them. He was reconciling them to himself and making them whole by offering completeness. God brings peace to us in the most chaotic situations that we find ourselves in. I've shared this story to our men's group, and it's it's that time of year, and I just really want to share the story this morning. I was debating on whether I would or not, um, but I but I think I think it's important. So if you don't don't mind, just indulge me in the next few minutes with this story. December third, two thousand twelve, I was uh, with Third Battalion, Ninth Marines, in Southern Helmand Province, Afghanistan. I was at a uh, small Ford operating base uh, named Payne, and I had it was a Sunday morning. I had just 
uh, complete, well, it was actually a Sunday afternoon, but that morning I had just completed um, services and, you know, I had a great lunch uh, in the chow hall there. Uh, they have one of those civilian-run chow halls. Uh, amazing food. Like, you walk in and, and the, the guy's like, oh, how, how, how many eggs do you want in your omelet? I mean, it was, it was awesome. So, so I just had this great lunch there. I'm sitting in the battalion aid station. I had been traveling with our battalion surgeon at the time. And we, uh, so we're just sitting around relaxing. And the phone call comes in at the battalion aid station. And I um, didn't think anything about it. Phone call came in. The next thing you know, the battalion surgeons call me into, into the office saying, hey, chaps, we got to talk. Uh, we have troops in contact, and we have a Marine that's been killed in action. And that was a battalion executive officer, and you're to get on a helicopter tonight at 1030 and get out of here. you got to go meet, the, um, meet that company uh, of Marines. And I said, yeah, you know, sure. So start to prepare my mind. I start to uh, pack my things. And uh, 10.30 that night, uh, we, we make our way um, out of there. Now, helicopter flights in Afghanistan are not direct flights. You can't pay 40, $45 or 100 bucks with a Southwest uh, direct flight to, uh, to the next city um, out of here. Instead, it's, well, you're, you're going to end up at your destination, but you're going to stop three or four times and maybe even have a layover for the night. So that night we were flying, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't like sitting first class either. <laughs> Had all my um, my gear on, and I'm I'm shoved up against the side of this helicopter. I've got cargo in front of me. I have no leg room, and I'm kind of like squeezed in. And uh, they didn't really want uh, helicopters to be lit up at night, uh, so it was completely dark in the cabin, and you're just uh, you're, you're just you're just there. So I, I feel the helicopter going up and down a, a few times to, to land, to take off again. And then we finally made it to our first layover stop, which was Leatherneck. And so we got into Leatherneck, and we were, we were planned to be layover uh, to our next flight until like 5 o'clock the next morning. So we got to Leatherneck, and I got off the uh, helicopter, and I noticed that during that course of time, when we were landing and um, taken off again, that we actually picked up all my battalion leadership, and they were meeting us there in Leatherneck. First thing I did, I talked to my battalion commander, and I said, uh, hey, hey, sir, what, you know, what's the plan? He said, well, I'm heading to the hospital. I said, I'll go with you. We had another Marine who had been injured, uh, so we, we tried to get to the hospital, um, Unfortunately, it couldn't make it in time. The uh, Marine had already been flown out uh, of country to get the care that he needed uh, to make his way back to the United States. So then the battalion commander turns to me and says, hey, we're going to have a ramp ceremony for Lance Corporal Anthony Denier. Now, a ramp ceremony is when uh, they pay respect to the Marine by having uh, the KC-130 uh, parked on the runway uh, there will be two formations of Marines along, alongside uh, the uh, airplane, and then, um, and, and then his casket would be, uh, would be a ceremonial um, uh, escorted up into, the, uh, up into the bird. And then that way Marines 
and everybody on that base could uh, pay their respects to the Marine. Very beautiful, touching service. Uh, generals all the way down to uh, the, the lowest rank, paying their respects to, to a fallen Marine. And the chaplain's very integral in, in that service because the chaplain offers a prayer during that service and then also escorts the, the body um, up, into, uh, up into the plane. So we did the ramp ceremony. We had taken care of, um, watched uh, Lance Corporal Anthony Denier make his way back uh, to the United States um, or take off to make his way back to the United States. And uh, the next thing to do was wait for our flight out of um, out of Leatherneck to go to Combat Outpost Hansel. So we get to uh, finally the next morning, about five o'clock in the morning, I land at Combat Outpost Hansel. The uh, get a little bit of rest, and I hear that there's going to be a formation at ten o'clock that morning. Right, right around 9.50, I make my way to uh, the Chow Hall. I make my way to, to go see um, this formation, be there for the Marines. And I, I get almost to the Chow Hall, and I get cut off by the uh, company commander. And he says, hey, chaps, man, we really appreciate you being here. I think the best place for you right now could be at the, just at the battalion aid station. And just so the, the Marines know you're here, um, because this, this formation is really for Marines. That's it. And I felt a little bit embarrassed about that, a little awkward, a little bit of wondering, why, why in the world am I here? Why am I in the midst of this? Well, about 10.15, uh, a sergeant walks into the battalion aid station and goes, Hey, chaplain, can I talk to you? Sure. We start to talk, and he says, We need something. Our platoon needs something. We, and I'm like, I go, well, what do you need? He goes, well, a funeral or something. I said, well, <laughs> the funeral is going to happen back in the United States, and here in a few days we'll have the memorial. He said, no, we need something for us. We need something that will take care of us in the now. And I realized that, that they needed reflection, and I started to pray about it, and that's exactly what they needed too. They needed prayer in the midst of that situation. So I made a deal. I was like, hey, just get your platoon together. We'll go over here. We've got this tent that used to be used as a chapel, and we'll clean that up, and we'll, we'll just do it with a platoon. Well, about an hour later, I get word, no, uh, we're going we're gonna to do this at the chow hall. It's going to be the whole company. Okay, 150 Marines. Okay. Uh, that, that, puts, that puts another um, awareness on the whole thing. Wasn't expecting that. So we get uh, into the chow hall. Everybody's gathered. The Marines, the platoon of Marines were sitting in the seats. The chow hall wasn't big enough for 150 people at one time. So the seats, uh, all the platoon is seated there. And in the back of the chow hall, the rest of, of the company, even the battalion commander and sergeant major, they're in the back as well, sergeant major being the highest enlisted Marine in the battalion. They're in the back as well, leadership. And I walk up to the little podium I had, and I said, Hey, I, I think I know what you're going through. I said, You feel like somebody is sitting on your chest right now, and um, you feel pretty numb. 
and you don't know what to feel. And they all looked at me and go, yeah. And I said, because that's exactly how I felt a few months ago in September when our daughter died, when Mindy and I had a, a fetal death, her daughter had died. Our daughter's name was Charlie. I said, that's exactly, that's exactly how I felt. And they all kind of looked at me like, yeah, that's, that's right. And I said, well, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to pray. We're going to have three prayers. First prayer, we're going to pray for uh, Lance Corporal Denier's family. And then I'll allow some, some Marines to speak. Second, uh, second time, I'll have another prayer. And I'll allow, um, the next prayer would be for Lance Corporal Denier himself, even though my theology is not, uh, you know, that, that prayer could uh, really do anything for him. But for those in the audience uh, who could, that's, that's what we prayed. And praying for grace of God in his life. And then some more uh, Marines speak. And then the third prayer I would have for us. We need to get through this. We need, we need God in the midst of this. So that's exactly what we did. That's exactly where we were at within that. We prayed. We prayed for the family. Lance Corporal Nanier had grown up in New York. He had been, uh, he was a 26-year-old Marine. They called him the old man of the platoon. It's very old for being a Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps. He, he had a mother. He had a sister. He had some nieces and nephews. And he left all of that to join the Marine Corps to do something more with his life. We heard stories about that. We also heard stories that when he took his first shots during that uh, conflict, that he yelled out, that's our combat action, Ribbon Voice. And he was joking. And what was so formative about that was, was that the other Marines could hear that, and even the corpsmen that had been working on him, peace was going into, into their lives. We prayed again. We prayed for Denier. And then some more Marines got up and spoke. And the last Marine that spoke, he said, you know, our, our platoon clicked when Denier went down. Because if, if it wouldn't have clicked right then, I think more Marines would have died during that conflict. Peace was being interjected in the midst of that. They had the Marines all get up, wrap their arms around each other, and pray for each other. God was in the midst of the chaos. God was in our midst. I, I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know the chaos that's in your life or the chaos that you've been through. Maybe it's in a hospital room when your health has been failing or a loved one who's hurting. Maybe a hard spot financially in your life or chaos completely in your job right now. Or in the past, maybe a battle with sadness, loneliness, or depression. How has God offered you peace during the hard times of your life? And this morning, if you're still in chaos, if you're going through chaos, (laughs) reach out to someone around you. Reach out. Because, and get help. Because that's how God allows us to comfort you. (laughs) And that's how God sometimes comforts us, is through others. Lastly, God grants peace to those who have been reconciled 
I. Howard Marshall says this, Peace expresses the nature of salvation as a restoration of good relations between God and sinful people. People who have been reconciled to God can have genuine peace. I love the season. I love Advent. I love the candles. I love all the lights. And, man, it's just beautiful in here. I love this this time of year. It, you know, you walk into your favorite coffee shop, and it's all decorated, and you're, you're drinking your mocha, and life is just, it's just great. Or you go to the mall, and you see it all decorated, and people are um, halfway friendly. Some are still, still kind of trying to get those other Christmas presents, but... But, you know, the, the reality is these things can't fully satisfy us. Sure, they give us a good feeling in the moment, but they're just surface-level feelings. There's only one true way to have uh, peace in your life, and that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. When we tend to the hard work of our souls, we find peace. Examples of this, forgiving someone who has wronged us, giving our time or treasure to take care of someone in need. Taking time daily to study scripture. Spending intimate moments in prayer. When we get home at night, dropping our phones off at the door. And just spending time with our loved ones. Taking Sabbath rest to take care of ourselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. Up until 1738, the Wesley brothers... They both were converted right around that May time frame. The Wesley brothers didn't have fully surrendered relationships with Christ. Uh, John Wesley kind of explains it as kind of floating along. He was kind of floating along in his faith. But in May 1738, they, they found a newfound freedom in Christ. And they fully surrendered their lives to him. And Wesley joyfully writes... In this new hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, in verse 3, he says, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all He brings. Risen with healing in His wings. Mild He lays His glories by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace comes to those who have been born again. Amen. I ask you the question, have you been fully reconciled with God? <laughs> if you haven't taken that step, and as we, as we sing this, this uh, closing song, I, I encourage you to do that today. You know, the altars are, are always open. I don't think there's a church in the Nazarene where, where there's no altars and they're not always open. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that, that's not the, the tradition that you're raised in. Pray that in your seat. <laughs> Pray that right there. And then don't keep that to yourselves, but tell someone afterwards. Grab somebody, maybe on staff. Or if you're like, hey, I'm new here. I don't have anybody. I'm alone. Grab me. <laughs> I'd be glad to hear that news help you out. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you give peace. We thank you that there's, there's more to this life than just this temporal stuff around us, but there's eternal. Father, reconcile us to you. Bless us today. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen.